Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Woo! God is good. The devil's bad. Pastor Nate Nix here. I'm here with my faithful, and I'm thankful. You back in the back there, it's good to see you. There, Brother Doug, it's, it's wonderful to see you. God bless you. Amen. It's good to see all of you here. Those of you on this side, I'm so thankful that you're here tonight. And those of you that are here, I, I usually don't see many in this section, uh, but I, tonight I'm thankful that uh, that section's there. And all the chairs are there. So I'm going to uh, just be talking to you tonight about something I think is very important. Um, I am wanting to talk to you about something. I've been asked many times. Uh, next week, we will get back to um, uh, who is Jesus. I, I wanted to complete something. But tonight, I'm going to take a little detour. And we're going to talk about mind monsters. Everybody shout mind monsters. Mind monsters. Woo! Mind monsters. The mind is the what? Battlefield, Battlefield of the soul. And a lot of what I've been talking about um, on Sundays, by the way, this coming Sunday, you do not want to miss, we're going to be talking about what happens in the tribulation, what brings the tribulation, what happens during the tribulation, and how the tribulation ends. So you don't want to miss it. You want to tell somebody, you want to bring somebody, we're going to have a great time. But all of this, this is really boiled down to something I think is so important, and that is the battle for our mind. Amen? Amen. And in our world right now, the news, the world, the internet, people around you, uh, people that are, are struggling, people that are, are not struggling, all those things, the variables of life, the uncertainties of life, bring us to a point where our mind is under attack. Can I get an amen? amen. So it's under attack because we wonder uh, what's going to happen. And we wonder, can I trust God? Is he faithful? All the enemy comes in like a flood. And I'm here to help you let God raise a standard in your life. A standard that says, I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. But the battle is in our minds. Someone say amen. amen. If you don't believe me, just close your eyes for a second and think about your day. Think about your month. Think about Christmas is coming and Easter is coming and, and Thanksgiving is coming. And about are you prepared? Do you have the money to do all this? And, do you have the, and your mind races. I've been up every night for the last five nights at three o'clock in the morning. I have just been up. I've been up. I've just been up. I go to sleep and I wake up at three and I'm wide awake. I'm wired and ready to go. Uh, my dogs are thankful. They love going out at three o'clock in the morning. But but uh, I, I get up and I think. And really what's been on my mind is me studying for for the this passage and these last few sermons that I've been preaching about the last days living in the last days. My mind is the one thing that I have to fight with every single day. So I want to address that tonight because I think that your mind monsters, the ones that come to you and say you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, you're not saved, all those mind monsters need to come under control of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But if you're not praying, watching, and what taking heed, you're going to have a, a hard time controlling. I have two pit bulls. I had one, and her name is Mila, and she is one. She's almost four years old, and she's turned into this amazing puppy, and she's amazing, and she listened to me, and I would say, okay, you can't go there, and come over, stay on the hill, and do that, and do this, and, and she would obey me. We got a puppy a year ago, and the puppy has decided that, hey, by the way, we don't have to listen to dad or mom, and let's run around the world, and so Mila's like, 
Yay, I'm going to go run with the puppy, you know? So nobody's listening to me right now. And that's the way our minds are, right? We enter something new. Something new pops up on the news and our mind races off to try to figure it out, right? And it's, it's that way in our life. So when we don't put our mind under the blood of Jesus, let this mind be in you, which was also where? In Christ Jesus. Ah, we've got to let our minds be in Christ. So let's talk about Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians, and that's uh, going, to, uh, going to be there in Philippians. If I can get it moved over here to Philippians. There we go. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Read it with me on the screen behind me. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Can someone type in there on the, on the, on the chat? One final thing. Fix your thoughts. We can stop right there and I can teach the rest of the night on fix your thoughts. Have you fixed your thoughts today? Have you let the enemy control your thoughts or have you fixed them? How do I fix them, Pastor? You fix them by declaring the blood of Christ in your life, declaring victory in the name, having a prayer life. You fix your thoughts by letting your mind be where? In Christ. Amen. So fix your thoughts on what is what? True. Someone shout true. True. And what? Honorable and what? Right and pure and lovely and admirable. You know what? Uh, when you're scrolling through Facebook or, or, or wherever you're scrolling, it, it, whatever it is, if it's Facebook or Instagram or wherever, I promise you that it's not fixing your thoughts on what is true. Amen. Someone say amen. I promise you that you're, you're going to struggle when you let the world invade your space more than you let Jesus Christ invade your mind. And uh, it's a it's something that we deal with every day. You say, well, man, I'm I'm just must be better. No, we all deal with it. Every one of us deal with our minds. Am I living right? Am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? And a lot of people Sunday ask me during the week, Pastor, you preach powerfully, and and how do I know that I'm ready? And I said, I can't give you that answer. I can't tell you, yep, you're ready, and you're ready, and you're ready, and you're no, I can't do that because that's between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. You, by his word and obedience to that word, you can know that I've obeyed him. But here's what happened in the, in the story with Jesus and, and the rich young ruler. He had followed everything from his youth, but his mind and his heart were disconnected. Did you hear what I just said? His mind, he did everything by duty and not by belief. He did everything because he was supposed to as a child and it was expected of him by his parents. But he had no real belief. He had no real conviction. And I really believe that this hour is challenging Christians to not live by their grandfathers or grandmothers or uncle or aunt or mom and dad's faith. But to live in their own faith. With the purpose of, look, I want to see Jesus and I love the Lord. I'm not just want to miss hell. I want to see Jesus. Someone say amen. I don't want to just miss hell. I want to see Jesus, right? And by the way, I want to miss hell, right? But uh, the primary purpose of my life is to what? Is to see Jesus and thank him for saving my soul. Here we got, it goes on. A right, lovely, pure. Think on these things that are what? Excellent and worthy of praise. Keep, keep putting into practice. Woo! I wish I could get an amen. Someone write that out there on that online uh, comment section. Keep putting into practice. One of the greatest failures of our society is that we don't execute what we believe. We do not do what we say we believe. 
We do not allow ourselves to be controlled by the word of God, but rather by the feelings in our world. And uh, I really want you to think and, and put this in your spirit tonight. Um, keep putting, you know what the Bible says? All things work together for the good. And I really feel that this is what you need to hear tonight. Uh, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, Paul writes. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of what? Peace will be with you. I want to ask you, do you have peace? Do you have peace right now? Do you have peace when you lay your head down? Are you, are you keeping the TV on all night so that when you wake up, you don't have to think? Are you listening to your headphones while you sleep so when you wake up, your mind is not drawn to the real issues, but rather to a, a false sense of reality? I want to just challenge you that you need to make sure that you are keeping these things in practice, that you are putting them every day, praying, fasting, believing, witnessing. Most of all, what? Taking heed of yourself, watching for his coming and praying in the Holy Ghost. Someone say amen. amen. So we go on and see that mind monsters. What is your mind monsters? Because the mind matters. Amen. Your mind matters. Now, I want to I just say this because I had a conversation with someone this week about this very thing. And, and I, I tried to help them because there is a difference between your mind and your brain. And some of us, we have brain things. Our brain is an organ. I want you to understand this from a, 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 a very technical view, but it's an absolute view you must have. And physiologically, if my lungs are hurting, I have pneumonia, I take proper care of my lungs. Am I hearing anybody say, amen? amen. I take breathing uh, uh, units and, 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 and medicine and antibiotics, and I make sure because my lungs, my lungs, my organ of my lungs are sick, right? The same is with our mind. Our heart gets sick. We go to the cardiologist. We have open heart surgery. And nobody thinks anything of that. But when your brain, when your brain is not well, when your brain is struggling with serotonin uptake and your brain is struggling with depression and you don't know why, I'm going to say something. that You need to physiological. Go get checked from head to toe. Go find out all of your blood levels. And why, why, Pastor, why is that a part of this conversation? Because some of you have mind monsters that have nothing to do with the spirit and nothing to do with your psychological person. It has everything to do with you're not well in your body. So our brains are an organ. And I don't know a lot of pastors that talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it because your brain is important to care for. I watch very carefully what I put in my body and how it affects my brain. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So that's why you must be very careful. When you, you put things in your body that alter your brain, that alter the neuron paths. Abuse can alter neuron paths. If you've never been able to get recovered from the abuse in your life and, and helping God helping you through that and getting professional help, counseling and, and etc. Um, I'm by no means opposed to proper medical care and, and, and uh, medicine and prescription that would help you with serotonin in your mind. Why am I talking about this? Because some of you struggle so hard and you think if you can just pray hard enough, if you can get in the next service and the most goosebumps in your life, that everything is going to be better and it doesn't happen. And it's because your mind is a part of your brain. Your brain is affecting your mind. And when you don't care for your brain, 
It's like an organ. It is an organ. It's like every other organ, rather. It's like your heart, your lungs. When you're sick, you're sick. There's no shame in that, ladies and gentlemen. You must care for your physical body, and that includes your brain. So I say to people all the time who are struggling emotionally and, and mentally, I say, have you been to see a doctor to make sure that your mind is not just taking the advice of your brain <laughs> and, and running off and all, because it's not well. And when I'm not well, right, I got a cold, I don't make good decisions, right? I'm cranky. I'm, I mean, really, seriously, I have a fever. You don't want to be around me because I, I'm not a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, and that's the way our, our brain is not well. It's not feeling well. And that can be caused by environment. It can be caused by things you're eating, things you're ingesting, water you're drinking. I mean, it can be all kinds of things. You need to check and see what the doctor says about your brain. So I put that out there because physical, physical issues are very important to your mind. Because if your mind is living in a cesspool, it's not going to be able to think correctly on how much you pray. Okay? And that's, that's blunt, but it's the truth. And I like the truth. Amen? So your mind matters. So after you've dealt with the physiological, you deal with the spiritual. Because the spiritual is what's going to dictate all the other things, right? So if you're physiological, okay, you can be uh, in a place where you need to find out, is sin causing, come on now, is sin causing your mental illness? In other words, you're not thinking correctly because you're under a life of guilt and shame. And you're under, you don't think you're no good because you keep living in a place where God wants to deliver you, but you won't let him because you like it too much. You like it's too comfortable. Right? Well I'm, well, I'm just, I'm just teaching good tonight, right? I'm gonna, oh man, Pastor, you're doing good. Okay, I, I, I'm like David. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. So your mind matters. I'm gonna shout that, Amen. Amen. So when you don't let your mind matter, nothing in your life is gonna be right. Your mind monsters are gonna be on high alert. They're gonna be able to do anything they want. They're gonna drive you nuts. They're going to make you feel like you're going crazy. They're going to make your life make bad decisions. You're going to make horrible decisions because your mind monsters are the ones on the throne, not your Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in you. So where do we begin? You begin with a thought, a thought. Let's start with these questions. What does uh, thought, uh, uh, um, what goes through your mind during the day? What's going through your mind? Are you thinking on good things, lovely things, exciting things? Are you thinking about dreadful things and horrible things and things of, of panic and things of anxiety? Which is it? What are you saying? Well, Pastor, I, you know, can I just flip a switch? No, you can't. And that's why I'm talking to you tonight. There's no switch to flip. There's decisions to be made. And when you make those decisions, they turn you and you start in the right direction. And your faithfulness to the word of God and to obedience to that word will pull you out of the hole of darkness, of depression and anxiety and all these things. It's not a switch. It doesn't happen immediately. It's a determination in your soul that I want to get well and I want to do right and I want to be right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to think on good things. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm going to kill the negativity in my life. I'm going to quit hanging out with people that are always negative. I, I can't save them until I've saved myself. Did you hear what I just said? I can't save them unless I've saved myself. So I'm going to make sure that in my life, I am taking care of my mind, myself, my thought life, my thought life. So if I'm listening to things, I'm talking about things, uh, if I'm around people that are constantly negative, I will not be able to overcome that on my own. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit through this process. So how does your thoughts chart your course? How does your chart, your thoughts 
chart your course. If you're thinking bad, you're going to end up bad. Did you hear what I just said? You're thinking. Who you, I said this a couple weeks ago and it's still true. Who you believe will dictate what you believe. And what you believe will dictate where you end up. As physical world, friends, jobs, I can go down the list, right? If you are believing people and things that are untrue, that's why truth is so important. We're commanded to buy it and sell it not. Someone say amen. amen. So, but if you don't know your Bible, if you're not reading your Bible on a regular basis, look, you say, well, I don't know how. No, just pick it up and open it and start reading. God will reveal to you the things that he wants to reveal to you. Pardon me. So, uh, mind monsters. So, how do we navigate these times? That's a question on everybody's list. Uh, you know, hey, pastor, what, how should I see this? How should I do this? How could I, how should I think about this? Is this the last day? Is this, and I'm hearing this and I'm, 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 I'm teaching about the last days because I want you to be aware. I don't want you to be afraid. If you're afraid, I said it Sunday, repent because that fear is not of God. So don't say amen. amen. So if you're afraid about the last days, no, you're, you should have a godly fear that says, I'm in awe of what's happening, and I can't wait till Jesus comes, right? Not, oh my God, I can't believe this is all happening, I'm going to go to hell. No, that's of the devil. Bluntly, that's not of God. So how do we handle these situations that are present right in front of us right now? Someone shout fear. Fear. Fear, 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 fear. I talk about it often, but I will never cease to talk about it because I have found it to be the number one thing that defeats Christians in their daily walk. Fear. Fear of failure. Everybody say failure. Fear of failure. Fear of success. Fear of, uh, am I going to be saved? Fear of, is my, his grace good enough for me? Fear of his mercy. Fear, 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 fear. In fact, it gets to the point where people start even wondering if there's a God, period. They fear whether they've been believing the right thing. What about that religion and that religion? Because they have no relationship with Jesus, they begin to fear everything that's about him. Mind monsters are fearful. Their imaginations, everybody say amen. Their despair, that feeling of despair. Have you ever walked in your house or got up in the morning and you felt this feeling you couldn't explain, didn't know where it came from, but it was it was anxiety or it was fearful or you just could, you know, I'm just off today. Something's wrong. And you're just you're sharp, you're angry, you're 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 on edge. You ever had one of those days? Yeah. I had one yesterday. Um, and, and I had to pray through it, right? I had one, and I had to say, Lord, you've got to help. This is not of you, right? This is not of you. So I'm, I need to, it doesn't mean you won't have these moments, but you've got to know where to run to when you do. Someone say amen. amen. So worry, anger, insecurities, guilt, inaccuracies, assumptions, right? Low self-esteem. I could go down the list, man. All of that stuff that's negative in our lives that the enemy loves to dangle in front of us. Look at you, Carl, man. I, Right, you're with those young bucks on the on the on the Bibles and some guys, and man, you you looked lost for a little while when they were talking about Facebook Marketplace. You know, you you had the deer in the headlights look on you, <laughs> but you had so much wisdom to give, and they were, that's all they talked about today with me, man. Oh my God, it was so amazing, it was so wonderful, and you left here thinking, my God, what in the world did I even come here for? I'm so out of my right. Am I? T yeah. And I didn't even know that, but I can predict it of you because the devil loves to use that against you. And that's a lie from hell. In Jesus' name, receive me as your pastor. Amen. Man of God. So we're going to start here. Start here. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Amen. So what you put in, garbage in, what? Garbage out. That's just a concept, man. I'm telling you, we have some dumpsters back here. You do not want to eat from them. You do not want to sleep in them. You do not want to hang out around them. Because they're full of what? Garbage. 
I personally box all my dog doo-doo and, and then I throw it in the dumpster for the garbage man, right? You do not want to be back there after I have cleaned up my yard, right? Because it's nasty, it's gross. But so many times in our lives, we hang out in places that we don't think are nasty and gross because we're so used to the environment that we let people impact us with their words and we just stand there. And it freezes us to be able to move by faith. And we live in a place of fear. So you can't have a positive life with, with a negative mind. Uh, Judges 6, read this. With the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah and, 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 that belongeth to Josh of uh, Azerbrite. Am I pronouncing that correct? I mean, uh, anyway, you know the intention. You can read it on the screen if you got it. Good. Amen. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, if you know the backstory, Gideon is behind a bunch of stuff. He's not supposed to be threshing wheat at a wine press. He's supposed to be threshing wheat at a threshing floor. Right? But he's hiding behind them. He's in the, he's in the back room, man. He's trying, and the angel showed up and said, Oh, the Lord is with you, mighty man or warrior. He's like, Yeah. Who are you talking to? Because I'm afraid. I'm scared to death. I'm, and that, that was the, the feeling that he was going through. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? You ever ask the Lord that? The Lord, if you say the Lord's with me, Pastor, why is this happening to me? Right? I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. Because we have that moment of doubt, fear, anxiety that says, is God, does God know my name? Does he really love me? Is he really in, in this for me? Does he know what I'm going through? So he says, where are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about? You ever heard your aunts and uncles and grandpas tell you about all the good old days and all the miracle signs and wonders and how someone brought groceries to their front door and you're standing out your front door waiting for your groceries and you're like, it's not happening. We all get there. Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, No, look, it was the angels and now it's the Lord. I want you to notice that, right? It switched, right? The angels were, came to him and now it's the Lord. Uh, and, and the Lord said, Okay, you want to talk about me? I'm going to come down here and talk to you, right? The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. Someone say amen. Go in the strength you have. You say, Pastor, I'm so weak, but you still have strength. You're still standing, you're still breathing. You're still, you need to realize that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. That if I use, hear me tonight, if I'll use the tools I have, the strength I have, God has promised that he will fill in the gaps. That he will be my buckler and my shield and my high tower. And he'll be all those things that he's promised. But I have to exert my everything. Because God is not a God that's going to say, I'm going to come down and just make it easy for you. No, that's not, his, that's not his plan. His plan is to help you help yourself. Someone say amen. So he says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in strength. You have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. I, look, am I not sending you? Question mark. Am I, did I not the one? So many times. I can, I promise you as Pastor Nate, in my ministry here at Pineview, I have had this passage 
on replay in my mind because I have felt so defeated in moments in time in my ministry and God has come to me over and over and over and over again and said, do I need to ask you again? Is it not I? Is this your desire? Is that you're the one saving these people? Are you the one that is called? No, I called you. I'm saving them and I'm the one that asked you to be a vessel to do that. And it's given me hope. It's given me buoyancy. It's given me a spirit of faith. Because if I don't, and let my humanness take over, I, I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have been here last year or 10 years ago. Right? I'm here because God keeps reminding me, hey, I'm, you know, my wife always tells me, Nate, this is God. This ain't your church. This is God's church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail if it's his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, right? So I have to put my hands off of it sometimes. I have to realize that I can't control this. This is God's church. And I'm going to pray fast and believe. And he is going to do his will. I'm going to do everything within my power to do what I know is right to do. But after that, I'm going to use the strength I have. I've got to let God take over and trust him that he knows best. It's his bride, not mine. It's his church, not mine. These are his sheep, not mine. Someone say amen. amen. So I have to realize that in ministry, I have to realize that he's sending me. Let's keep going. Judges says, he says, pardon me, my Lord, getting replied, but how can I save Israel? My God, do you see me? I'm threshing wheat in a wine press. I'm scared to death. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Uh, and I am the least. So we are the weakest and I'm the weakest of the weakest. Can I tell you something? God always uses the weakest of the weakest. That way you can never say it was by your strength that God, that you, you won the battle, or that you saved the people of Israel, that you saved Pineview, or that you helped somebody. No, God uses the lowest of the low, Rahab the harlot, David the murderer. He's using Gideon, the weakest of the weak. I think that's so awesome. Um, I'm the least of my family. The Lord answers... I will be with you. Someone say amen. amen. Uh, write it online. I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon was dealing with negative experiences in his life that had clearly gotten into his head. He had watched the people around him kowtow, run from the enemy, be afraid, run, try to survive. They lived in survival mode and not in thrive mode. And they didn't have faith that God said he'd do what he would do. Instead, they took things into their own hand, in their own minds, and they tried to do it by their own will. Remember this, just because bad things happen to you, Buddy, let me tell you something. Last three years, I think every one of us have had to repeat this to ourselves. Just because bad things are happening or trouble hits my life or sickness hits my family does not let me believe that my right that I'm lost and that God doesn't care and I'm no, I cannot let it get to my head because if I let it get to my head, it will get to my heart. And hope deferred makes the heart grow what? Weary. And when our heart gets weary, after our mind, the heart, after our mind, the heart, the mind is where the heart starts, right? So when you, when you let your mind get weary, when it gets to your heart, it's, it, it, it's devastating. It's hard to recover from because there's a defense mechanism that your mind should be in Christ, that you should think on good things. When that enemy gets past your mind and he's settled into your mind, he now begins to attack your heart, the basis of your belief, the basis of your faith. 
You can learn to fight back against the negative invader of the mind. Amen. Someone say, I can learn. Amen. So let's look at 2 Corinthians or uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Watch this. He says, um, for the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal, but they are mighty through God, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything, every high thing. I stood on the streets of Corinth back in 2015, and I stood there, and I had my wife take her phone out and pull her Bible app up and read this passage to me. Matter of fact, the whole chapter 10. Because as I stood on the mountain, the one single mountain in that area, in the middle of this whole city, stood a, a, a temple, a temple of evil, a temple of godlessness, a temple of Satan worship, a temple of, of, of craziness, and that was cast over that. It was the one high place in that whole area, and it was a horrible place. The temple was full of dead babies. They, they excavated all of these skulls and all this stuff where they offered live sacrifices. It was a horrible, horrible place. And I said to my wife, I want you to read this passage because this is what Paul told the church. They were in fear. They were in desperation. They were in anxiety. They were, Paul was trying to convince them to come out of sin, come out of the things that were so evil and awful and terrible. You read uh, Corinthians. It's full of you know, them sleeping with their mother-in-laws and I mean, having crazy things happen. It was horrible, the sin that they were involved with because it was normal in Corinth to live like that. And Paul says, no. I don't care how high that mountain is, what evil's on that mountain. I don't care what you're living in. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. God's not sending an army to come take this over. He's already sent an army. <laughs> it was an army of angels. <laughs> it was an army of one. His name was Jesus. And he died and he rose again. And he defeated death, right? But mighty through God to the what? Pulling down of the strongholds casting down what it may be the only high place and it may be evil but i don't want you to let the physicality of this world to tempt you into to make you believe that it's greater than the power of god casting down every imagine and then he says every high thing that it, it was the only high thing in corinth corinth is flat and then there's sea on one side and sea on the other there's one mountain and on top of that mountain was the temple not the temple of God, the temple of evil. And it, it was such a unique experience. I was so thankful to this day that I got to experience that because it really, really put into perspective this passage when he said, casting down every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. No matter what you're seeing, Corinth, you must declare this to overcome that. And it may look high, physicality may be overwhelming, you may under, uh, just feel like you're just bound by it because it's so large and in charge and it's a giant in your life. But Paul says, no, no, <laughs> no, you've got to cast it down. It's an activity you do, cast it down in Jesus' name. It's an activity that you not allow things to exalt itself in your mind, in your heart, but cast it down in Jesus' name. So when things come against you, I practice regularly, practice today. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I cast down everything that's not of God. I let my mind be. I say this out loud because I want my mind to hear my mouth. Did you hear what I just said? It's enough to pray silently. I love that. But I like to pray out loud because my mind is hearing what my mouth is saying. And my brain, listen to me, my brain 
needs to hear and develop new neutron paths in order for me to get out of the negativity and into the positivity. Why? Because our thought in our mouth, the sounds that we are in, interacting with help and, and make the, the neuron paths in our brain. Did you know that? And so when we are talking out loud, praying out loud, praying in the Holy Ghost, you can't pray in tongues silently, I don't believe. Maybe you can, but uh, but you you, you got to express yourself. The, the, the Lord came back with a shout. There's something to this idea that says my mind, my brain has to hear what I'm declaring by God's word in order for me to be an overcomer. Everybody say amen. amen. So this is important. Cast down every imagination. So Gideon starts debating with God because his mind monsters were overcoming him. His mind monster. He allowed a filter to dictate the perception and reality of his life. I did a lesson here years and years ago in the Sunday school class over here. And I brought a bunch of coffee filters. Remember that lesson? I brought like a hundred coffee filters. And I pulled them all apart. And I talked about every time you have, you have someone says, you can't do that. It's like putting a coffee filter in, right? Well, man, God just, he's messed me. I don't think God can help you. He can't coffee filter. And we begin to live in And you get so many coffee filters that God can't get through. You get so many filters in your life, negativity and despair and all the things that we don't remove the coffee filter or the filters of those negativities with the power of prayer and the Holy Ghost and speaking to the tongues and praying in the spirit, right? So we allow those filters in our life. He allowed the filter of all that had gone. I'm the least of the least. My family says I'm the weakest among the weakest. He let their voices take him to places that God never intended him. He said, you're a mighty man, right? So we can see and look here that he allowed the filters of his life to dictate his perception and reality. And we do the exact same thing, don't we? We all do it. If you're online tonight, I hope that you receive this because you are in this place. You're in watching this tonight because you, whether you watch it tonight or another night, you need to know that the filters in your life, you're the only one that can remove them. You're the only one. I can't remove them. Only you and Jesus can get together and say, we're going to clean out my mind, the cobwebs, the unbelief, the doubt. I, I'm just telling you, I've been pastoring for 30 years, and, and this is the number one thing people that don't overcome in Christ is they stop believing the Word of God as truth. And you say, well, no, oh, no I believe the Word of God, but their life their life says otherwise. Their mind says otherwise. Their brain says otherwise. Their negativity says otherwise. So we can talk about, you know, oh yeah, I'm great and I believe Jesus and all that. And, and you do in, in a cognizant, but you don't in your spirit and your heart. You have this disconnect between your mind and your heart. Someone say amen. Gideon starts debating with God because his mind monsters. He allows the filters to dictate his perception, Right? And we allow faulty filters to define us. The filter that our family says, you know what, you're just a bum. Or, you know, you're always talking so crazy. Or, you know what, we would just, you know what, just, and our families fill us with these filters. We grow up living in these filters and we install them because if we don't install them, hurt comes. So we protect ourselves. And when we come to Jesus, we have all these filters with us, baggage we carry around, Right? God says, I, I want you to cast your cares on me <laughs> because I care for you. He wants you to remove those filters so that you don't let people define you, but let the Holy Spirit and his word and his blood and his name define you. And that's easier said than done because family and people and environment and hurts, hurts, things that we've done, abuses, we can go down the list. They 
help define who we are if we allow the negativity of those things to continually ride in our in our sidecar, so to speak, right? Then we will always live in a place that God never intended for us to live. And that is in a place of doubt and fear. And God wants us to live outside of that. He wants to, to fill us with his spirit. Someone say amen. Here, listen, go. Everybody shout go. Go. God tells Gideon to go in strength. Too many of us want God to show us strength before we go, right? It's the same with the children of Israel, you know. You got you to praise him before you get across the, the Red Sea, right? You got, there, there's, there was a, a lack of belief, and so the lack of action came. And here it is. If we're not careful, I'm not careful, and you're not careful, you will not go. You'll sit and say, I demand a sign before I move. I demand that God, you move before I move. And God doesn't work that way, folks. I'm just sorry to tell you, nowhere has he ever worked that way. Isaiah 43 and 19 says this, For I am about to do something new. Isaiah writes, See, I have already what? Begun. Do you, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wastelands. God is doing something new. The question for us is, will we get up and go with him? Or will we stay where we are? Let's keep going. We fight spiritual battles. How many believe in spiritual things? Amen? I believe in spiritual battles, spiritual things. I don't over-spiritualize everything. So many times I meet people that the, everything is spiritual. Everything. Oh, that, that rock on the road, man, that was spiritual. You know, the, oh my God, the creak in that door. Oh, that, I felt that was just was, uh, something screaming out at us. You know, and I've, I've been around people. And it's hard, literally, I, I don't, I think that they are well-meaning, right? But I think that they have been... Uh, they're living in a place of fear because fear is what makes you do that. When God is against you at every corner, that's fear from the Satan, not fear from God, right? So I've been around people where uh, spiritual battles, everything's a spiritual battle. You know, I, hit, I have hiccups, that's a spiritual warfare. My God, I'm going to cast them out. You know, no, you, you, you ate something and you got an air pocket and it caused a hiccup, you know. Um, and, and I think if we don't, we are not careful, rather, to be wise as serpent, harmless as dove, be discernment. There are spiritual battles that come to us in physical things and different things. But we've got to be careful not to put everything. Because 90% of your battles are not with Satan. Did you know that? It's with your felt, yourself. It's with your flesh. So uh, people talk about the devil. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did it. And the devil just laughed at you. That's all. Someone say amen. Um, so we destroy every proud. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, Paul writes, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Knowing God. The whole purpose is, us, is being a witness, right? We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to what? Obey Christ. Are you reaching for people or are they dragging you in? Which is it? Oh, I'm, I'm witnessing, but all of a sudden there's a countenance changing you. No longer are you this overcomer in Christ, but you're acting like the person you're trying to reach. We've got to be careful. Mind monsters. Everybody say amen. The Jews were, follow, were allowing the Midianites, the enemy, to live amongst them. If you go back in time, you'll notice that the Israelites made a pact with the Midianites. You know what? We're not going to throw you out. You guys just do fun things. And we're going to all sing around the fire, kumbaya, and it's all going to be fine. And the Midianites were like, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. But their plan was all the time to overthrow them and take them into slavery. Right? 
And sometimes we negotiate the wrong thing. We negotiate with the devil instead of our flesh. We should negotiate with our flesh to submit ourselves to Christ. Not negotiate with the devil to get comfortable and leave us alone. I'm so glad I'm teaching this tonight. This is so good. I wonder what kind of mind monster we allow to live in the stronghold of our own minds. What kind of mind real estate are we allowing him to purchase and not getting thrown out? We come to the altar and give our part self to God. We get deliverance in most of our life. We get overcoming in some of the areas of our life. But we're unwilling had a man stand right here uh, two Sundays ago. Gentleman come, you know, I want, to, I want the Holy Spirit. I, I was like, man, I, uh, but I started talking to him and I realized in that moment of talking to him for a few minutes that there was just some things he was never planning, never thought about giving up or walking away from. And God was saying, I'm requiring this of you. You'll never get what you seek with that kind of stuff in your life. And so many of people get mad at God instead of mad at themselves. <laughs> Right? Change your life. Look, God doesn't have to change to get to us. We have to change to get to Him. So what kind of mind real estate are we giving up to the enemy? To what contaminate our identity? To contaminate the prospects of our future? Because He will. And He does. Someone say Amen. So get out of the cave of negativity. Someone shout Amen. Gideon got out of the cave and started doing what God wanted him to do. Changed his surroundings. He stopped being in the wine thrushing in his private no, no judges says in 6 and 24 then Gideon built an altar build an altar to God build an altar to what he wants and, and he will show up how many believe when you build an altar God shows up amen the Lord called it Jehovah Shalom and it's called Jehovah Shalom and worship is the key is the key Gideon learned how to worship Gideon figured out that if I can praise and worship out of a cave, that God will move on my behalf and my weak, weak spirit will become strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Worship is the key to victory over every single mind. You better start with praise and worship. Someone say amen. So we go back to Philippians 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, right? One final thing is what? Fix your thoughts. So tonight, as we come to a close, I'm going to ask you, are you taking heed to yourself? Are you watching for the Lord? And are you praying always? Are you knowing that we're living in the last days? There's no doubt in my mind that we are there, that all the prophecies have been fulfilled, have come to pass There are a few that need to be fulfilled for the Jews, but I'm here to tell you that I feel by the word of God that the end has come. That those that need to hear the gospel, all nations are now hearing that gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that's holding him back except for his mercy to reach for you. And I hope that you do not take it for granted, that you do not... Play with it as if it is a toy, but you will honor it as if it is a precious pearl. Fix your thoughts. Let this mind be in you, which was also where? In Christ Jesus. Don't walk after the flesh. Walk after the Spirit. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for this lesson. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have showed us that our mind is the battlefield of our souls and that if we do not, Lord, get up from our place and go in our strength that you have already given us, go and fight the enemy out of our lives and do not allow him to hang out and be in places you have not called him or allowed him to be in our lives. Father, let us have the strength to know that your word is true, that obeying that word is essential and knowing that you are Christ the King Lord, is a declaration that we must make every day in our hearts and in our minds. Let our minds live in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And let everybody shout amen. amen. And if you are here today, be here on Sunday morning at 1035. We're going to have a great time talking about the tribulation. And not what you think. I'm, 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 this is not going to be like I'm going to be slicing baby doll heads off uh, of their uh, here on the sanctuary as showing you what the bark of the beast is going to do. And, and that's not what God wants. That's, that's that old fear thing. It's not of God, right? The Bible says that we should be what? Not troubled. That we should rejoice and comfort each other with these words. So we're not approaching this end time, living in the end time from a negativity. Amen. We're not letting our minds wander off into what God never intended. We're approaching it from the word of God. So be here Sunday morning. God bless. Amen.